Welcome to Healing the City podcast. Today I have a special guest, Daniel Wevedo. Hello, thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Daniel and I have known each other, well, for more or less a long time, several years, more through, in, because I know your sister when she was um, doing college ministry here in town. But since we moved back, our families have similar age kids. So we've been able to go on some fun trips. Three of them. Last year, we went to Carlsbad together and camped on the beach. Mm-hmm. And your whole family had a great time. Yes. A little stomach bug in the midst, but we got through it. Yeah. Crawfords weren't afraid. Nope. little stomach bug never put you down, right? Nope. And then we have been, we went to Baja for a week. And in between, we went up to the Wilcox Mountains. That's that are right. escaping me right now. Which mountains? Chiricahuas. Chiricahuas. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was really fun. Yes. Adventures. And the kids are so great because they just kind of go off. And play together. Yes. Yes. Kids outside feel like they move into how kids should play instead of in a box. That's right. They have endless possibilities. Yeah. It's interesting because I asked your daughter Everest which trips she's enjoyed the most, beaches or forests. What would you guess? Or maybe you already know. I would have guessed that it would be beaches, but I think she said forest. She did. Yeah. Which really surprised me because I was like, we did a lot of work to get to those beaches and not a lot of work to get to the forest. Yeah. Yeah. That took me back a little bit, but, but I think secretly they're probably on par because right now she has a habit of answering the opposite of what you think or want her to answer. Oh, sure. So there might be a little of that at play. Yeah. You never really know. Interesting. Everest is throwing us for a loop. Yeah. If I say that, I, I think she likes black. It's going to be white. Right. Yes. <laughs> we can be that way too. Yeah. So our families have had a lot of adventures together and taken some risks, like driving through Mexico in the middle of nowhere and eating some really fun foods. and um, so Swimming with big fish. Yeah. Swimming <clears throat> with whale sharks and sea lions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing and, adventures. But today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you do in the city of Tucson and the ways that your profession allows you to heal the city as as our theme. Um, so you've been a fireman for how long? Almost five years now. Okay. And then six years over at the hospital working for respiratory before that. So is there a link between being a respiratory therapist and being a firefighter, do those like go hand in hand or are they? There's some interweaving because like 90, it's about 92% of what we do is medical. So the the bread and butter is medical emergency or not emergency, you know, but they they get dispatched as um, whatever the nature is. And so a lot of times it's a respiratory call. And so respiratory experience definitely plays into that helps. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, so you can use your skills. Exactly. Yeah. We always ask the, the question, like when we walk in the door, it's pretty quick to be able to say like sick or not sick. Like, is this patient going down or are they just, you know, have a stuffy nose and they said that was difficulty breathing or can they really not breathe and they're turning blue and, you know, we need to do something, we need to do something quick. Yeah. So yeah. So that helps. What brought you into the to becoming and training to become a respiratory therapist? 
um, interested in health field. I had shadowed a nurse and I shadowed her respiratory, hung out with a PA and I liked all of them, but I, I kind of liked the lungs a lot, cardiopulmonary, heart lungs. So that specifically what I wanted to get into that when I looked at programs, there's one in Tucson and my sister Hannah was here in Tucson. And so, you were living in? And I was living in San Luis Obispo. Okay. Just finished all my undergrad stuff. So I was thinking I was going to go finish there for English. And then when I was looking at respiratory, I thought, you know, maybe I'll try this out. So then that's kind of how I ended up in Tucson, that there was the family connection. And I had met Eric and I was like, I really like this guy. And then that funneled me right into being at the village. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Actually, quick story. Yeah, let's hear it. I So the first day I, I was moving in to where my sister just moved out of, like a really, really small place over off Forges. Okay. And I, like it was 113-ish. It was you know, hot. It was uh-huh. hot. It was hot. But I went in, I turned on the swamp cooler. I'd heard about these swamp coolers, never ever used one. So I flipped the switch and I was just hot. Like I just ended up taking off all my clothes, sitting in my boxers. And I was like, this place sucks. Like <laughs> it is so hot. And I called Eric and I said, is there, is, is this just how it is? You know, like I'm leaving like, like a body outline on my sheets and I cannot <laughs> figure out what's wrong. And he said, hey, you know, it shouldn't be that bad. So he came over and the swamp was broken and there was no water pouring over the pads. Uh, okay. So it was literally just taking air from outside and pouring it and on. pouring it inside. So awesome. I was sitting in there at the hundred and whatever. So that was like, welcome to Tucson. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But yeah. So then respiratory, um, the, the hospital scene, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, it's, it's unique. And mm-hmm. but I, I started feeling kind of pigeonholed, just hanging out inside all day. And I was feeling like, man, if there's a job when I can still integrate into being able to help people, but mm-hmm. be out and about and get in the community, that sounds pretty awesome. And I'd been interested in fire a long time ago, but things didn't work out. And I had tested once, excuse me. And Aaron, my wife was thinking, I don't know if I want these 24 hour shifts and you know, this is a big change. And then she kind of had a change of heart and then I continued to pursue it and I, I got in and the, I, I remember back in the interview when they asked the classic question, like, why would you like to do this? And mm-hmm. I saying, like, well, I like, I like being a neighbor. Like I, I like being a friend, like all these, all these things that I feel like I already enjoy doing. It's kind of like what fire does. So it's just, it gets to be your job instead of, you know, being a, I mean, it's, it's already a part of me. So it felt like it integrated into that job description of fire already. And so that made the transition from hospital to community, I guess. Yeah, that's really cool. And being a fireman means you kind of have two things happening at once because a fireman is part of a family right when you're on call yeah and then you're also caring for our community right so let's go down the route of what it means to be a fireman and what it looks like in the firehouse and so just for those of us who don't know could you talk about that for a little bit yeah so um right now i'm with six guys i'm i'm the sixth guy at okay. the station I'm at. I just came from one that had 14. So it's, you know, half, about half the size. And 
um, the family aspect totally differs from from station to station because it just you meld together all these personalities sure and you never know what you're gonna get but the common denominator is that like whatever whatever you're doing in the community whatever calls you see whatever hard things you see you come back to the truck and and that's where you can kind of let it out and it comes out in all sorts of ways where some people will use like I don't know if you've heard of the phenomenon of like dark humor, you know, where it's like, it's like people that work in those stressful, like military or, or first responders, there's like pretty funky humor. That's not funny, but it's, it's, it's like a way to shed off the the crap that you see. Okay. I guess. Uh-huh. So, so probably the most messed up jokes I've ever heard have been in the firehouse. And I was like, this, this is weird. But then I read about it and I was like, this is, this is a thing, you know, like people, like people are trying to shut off the, the crap that they see. Yeah. And, and so they make jokes about like maybe something you've just seen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it makes you feel really uncomfortable or anyone would feel uncomfortable. Totally. It's, you're making fun of like trauma. Right. Right. And the first time I heard it, I was like, what is going on here? Uh-huh. Like this, this is messed up. And then someone that I was talking to said, well, everyone deals with it differently. Some people deal with it that way. And so, you know, t- trying to give people permission to be able to process things the yeah. way they can, but also inviting them into healthy ways to process it. Like at our current station, um, like at the table. So we're eating lunch together. We're eating dinner together. We're cooking together and there's no phones, no TV on. That's a is, rule. That's a rule. So, uh-huh. so we'll put them away and, and I feel like for uh, for our house right now, the invitation is to heal just through conversations a lot of time. And sometimes people are, you know, it's argumentative. Sometimes it's just being able to work out thoughts or whatnot. And um, it's really beautiful the way it plays out because there's, there's a lot of other firehouses I've been in where people are just zoned out or you get little snippets of conversation, but it's while someone's looking at their phone. And so, so this fire station has this rule that not other fire stations have. Right. So it's okay, kind of so the, the captain can kind of lead. Oh, I love it. How, uh-huh. how he wants it to look like. And it doesn't mean people like it, but, you know, because there's some people that are like, hey, I'm an adult, you know, don't tell me what to do. And, sure. But I think our, our guys have seen it be like, wow, like we're closer because of it. We have, we realize just how funny everyone is when mm-hmm. you're actually just you know, talking. So, so we probably, I mean, every day I would say cumulatively we get several hours just whether we're working out together at the table together, or chopping veggies together. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a constant conversation. So we get to know each other pretty well for 10, 24 hour shifts out of a, a month. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of time and intentional time together Int- without other distractions other than Totally. The obvious yeah. phone ringing. Yeah. So if if I got there in the morning, it looks like like checking out my truck. We do some cleaning. We plan a meal and then we'll all get out and exercise, all six of us. So, okay. you know, when you're sweating together, like that's an awesome way to, to not physical, not just physical or just emotional. But when you're doing it side by side, you're like, man, that kind of sucked, but we all did it together. So we, we just bonded in, yeah. a, in a really cool way. And then, you know, same thing in a call. You're like, man, that really sucked. But wait, we just all did it together. So it's like this this brotherhood. And I've, I've never been at a 
firehouse with a with a female yet. Okay. But the, we, our department totally has them. So sure. there's there's that sisterhood too. I I feel like that's that's a whole nother thing that's developing more and more in the firehouse. So that will that'll be interesting when it does happen because yeah. that changes the dynamic for sure. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of I don't know if I painted it okay, but that's. No, that's, that's, a, that's a snippet of, of the life there. And then, you know, you go into this amazing day and then you try to get in bed and then the night starts and it's this whole other beast because you're, you know, everyone handles lack of sleep differently. So sometimes you're just like, man, that guy's really out of it on this call because you're like right in the middle of a deep REM sleep or something. And, uh-huh. and so you just help each other navigate in between the, the dreaminess of getting woken up again and again. And, and then the morning starts, like I got off this morning and drink some coffee and sometimes get a nap depending on timing and then start again tomorrow. So you've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Adrian Crawford. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 